It's time for Talking Jazz. Jazz spread the floor, looking inside. Conley, bounce pass, bogey, quick hitter for three. Drained it. Hey, talk about a perfect way to kick off a seven-game road trip. Jazz open it in San Antonio and crush the Spurs. 28 for bogey. Jazz 50%, over 50% on threes as they win at 130 to 109. And welcome in to a new edition of Talking Jazz. My man, Alema Harrington, he hosts the pregame, the halftime, the postgame show is with us. How's it going, Alema? How was your New Year's? I know you spent it at Vivint, but how was that? Oh, it was fantastic. New Year's Eve, New Year's Day had games, and the Jazz finally got their first win at home. And we are, and I say we because I play part-time point guard for the Jazz, we are undefeated yeah. on the road this year. How about that? Isn't that crazy? It's funny how things work. You and I traded some texts. We got a lot to talk about. And first and foremost, and I agree with you, this is one of the biggest things. Bogey, welcome back. Kind of had to work through getting that hand going. But, man, what a game he had against the Spurs. And that bodes well for the Jazz going forward. Yeah, I don't think anybody was necessarily panicked or concerned or, you know, they were just waiting for Bogey to really break out. They knew it was going to happen at some point during the season, hoping that it would happen sooner rather than later. He puts the brace on and brace yourself because you might see that brace for the rest of the season because he looked fantastic, knocking down three-pointers. And uh, so the confidence is back. And for so many of these guys, you know, we talked uh, before the game with our players like Booner and Big T, of course, Matt Harpring. A lot of those guys I talk about, you know, first you got to get the ball inside the basket. Sometimes that's an inside play. And once Bogey got the ball to drop, then all of a sudden the confidence was back. He was knocked it down for three-point range. That is always a good sign for the Utah Jazz on that offensive side of the ball. I think as a show of solidarity, Alema, you need to start wearing a brace just to, you know, kind of <laughs> – Kind of like, remember the headband Joe from a couple yeah, of years ago? we could same, do that. Same kind of thing. Yeah. All right, another topic I know that we're all excited about. This is great. Welcome back to the Wasatch Front. It is so good to have favors back, and that's paying dividends already. Yeah, absolutely. And we said this before, you know, Rudy Gobert is good. Defensive player of the year two times in a row. Uh, Derek Favors is good. Together, they are the Wasatch Front, and they're like a tag team wrestling duo. And they're the tag team champions because they really get work done. In fact, you look at the Utah Jazz, they are, you know, towards the top of the league in rebounding right now. And that, that's in large part due to these two guys. But their ability offensively to start to get it going. And we're seeing more now from Gobert. And, and, but we're getting what we knew we would get from Derek Davis. Davis might have some of the strongest hands for a big man in the middle. And I think... Maybe people forgot about how good he is as a shot blocker. But you look at Rudy Gobert in this last game where he's blocking shots. That Derek Davis coming off the bench in relief of Gobert. That was one of the concerns last year. When Gobert goes off the floor, are we going to lose something as far as rim protection is concerned? The answer is no. And look at Gobert with that outside three-point shot block. But look at Derek Favors inside. You love seeing Favors back in the Jazz uniform. It feels like this is where he belongs. You know what? I think he feels the same way. When he re-signed with the Jazz, you could tell he was just genuinely excited to be back in Salt Lake City after that one-year hiatus. 
All right, uh, another one of topics, and I love this one, and, and we'll kind of go through some numbers here before you get going, but sharing is caring. When you share the ball, you win games, and Alema, as you pointed out, the Jazz are proving that with each victory. As you look at the assists this year, the win against Portland, 24. Loss against Minnesota, 15. And you go right down the list right there, as yeah. you can see, Alema, and it is paying off when they share the ball. And here's the thing. I mean, the Jazz, because of those low assist games, 15 uh, assists, 16 assists. They're not doing very well as far as the overall rankings with assists in the NBA. They're not very good. They're right around the middle of the pack. But when they win the games, they are sharing the ball. And you look at their record at 4-2. and two, um, When they are sharing the ball 25 in that neighborhood, that means that they're going to have a good chance of winning that game. And so far this season, that means they are going to win the game. And so it, you know, some of that has to do well, I, I mean, Fox with, with, with shooting because, you know, obviously if you pass the guy the ball, like when I pass you the ball and you miss the shot, then, then we both missed out because you missed out on the shot make and I missed out on the assist. So it's a little more complicated than some of the other statistics that are part of, of, of you know, basketball. But when, when the Jazz get into that flow, like you see them passing the ball, handing it off, hard screen, some of the simple things, the little things, that Coach Quinn talks about. That's when the assist numbers are up. That's when they're starting to feel it together as a team. And that's when you get the victory. But I think the goal for, for the Jazz has got to be to get the 25 yeah. uh, or four assists per game. By the way, the first highlights in that group, I love that new, it's a city edition, right? The black? Yeah. That is a I great, do too. I love that uniform. Hey, real quick, I want to go off script a little bit. Mike Conley, your thoughts on, on him? We didn't actually have him in the the whole rundown here, but man, he's playing well. And he was, he appeared in a lot of those highlights you just showed us uh, on the assists. You know, so much of this for, for Mike Conley, people got to keep in mind that Conley was, you know, not with this team and a lot of different, uh, you know, parts of last season with injury and then part of the bubble. Uh, but when he came back from that quarantine into the bubble, he started to look good, started to look comfortable. And then we we're starting to feel like, okay, this is, you know, th this is Mountain Mike that we were hoping for and that we saw glimpses of last season. And he is, you know, that much more comfortable in Quinn Snyder's system, that much more comfortable with the players on the floor. And keep in mind that for a point guard, so much of it is about knowing the players, knowing your personnel, where they like to get the ball and those things. And also, he's got to kind of adjust what he was doing when he was in Memphis yeah. to being able to share the ball um, with a guy like Donovan on the floor. And, and by the way, he's the reigning horse champion, too, so there's nothing wrong with that. That's true. All right. <laughs> uh, okay, hey, how about this? Welcome back. George Niang took six games, but Alema, he finally yep. got a bucket. Fox, I don't think that, that there has been so much anticipation, even anxiety collectively from a community. Maybe, maybe the last time was in 1988 when I was trying to get my first touchdown of my BYU career my senior season down playing with the Cougars and got it against Utah State. There was a sigh of relief that went out throughout the state. But people were just waiting for Yang to put that ball in the basket <laughs> and just pulling for him and hoping that he would get that bucket to fall. Because you know once Yang gets the bucket to fall, similar to Bogdanovich, that eventually, okay, now it's going to open up for him. But it's been a long time coming. You can see the frustration uh, with George Yang. And everybody loves this guy. He's a fan favorite, so... Very happy for him to finally get the ball to go through the net. 
Yeah, he had a smile on his face, too, when that went in. Uh, all right, 11, time for this week's edition of Jazz Bites. 28 for Bogdanovich yesterday, six threes. Donnie chips in with 22, five threes. I mean, this is the way you want to start off a roadie for sure. Here's Bogey and Spida. Jazz Bites, presented by Kimball Roofing and Repairs. I think it's um, I think it's it's good for us. You know, the way we won, the way we played. You know, we we kind of got to a lead in the first half, let them go on the eight-zero run to come back. Uh, we got to another high, uh, pretty good lead to start the third quarter. Um, and then we continue to play, uh, play through it and play our basketball. I think that's one thing that really stands out. And we have to continue to do that, continue to be that team. You know, we had the lead against the Clippers and we kind of let them get back in it. You know, I think that's something we're just learning from, just continuing to, to push through and continuing to keep a foot on their neck, you know, when they're down. And I think that's, we did a good job of that tonight. And we've got to continue to do that. And it's, um, it's good for the morale, definitely get the first one. I mean, we just have to play, play the defense the way we played play tonight we have a tough road road trip seven games in a away but uh we played well last season on on, on a row games we started well this season first game great game and and, and I hope that we're gonna we're gonna keep defending and that's every, then everything's gonna open up for us here's the interesting thing and as Lemon we talked about the jazz undefeated on the road but is there really that much road versus home nowadays with the COVID situation? And the, by the way, they have some tough ones coming up. You know, you, you make a great point because the, the, the Jazz struggled to win at home. And, and you know, there was even a conversation with our broadcasters, like maybe it's more of a disadvantage for the teams that really value their home appearances in front of a strong home crowd to be back in your arena and not have that crowd on your side. It's almost like a letdown to be home. So I agree with you. It's going to be interesting. It's not like the bubble where it's kind of a neutral thing, but at the same time, it feels like there's not a huge advantage of being in your home arena, especially for the teams that don't have anybody in the stands. For the Jazz, at least we've had you know, 1,500 in the stands that we're you know, trying to, to scale up from there. But... No, you've been in the, the arena now for a game, and, and it, it's still—it's a very bizarre feeling yeah. to be in Vivint Arena, um, whether it's you know no fans or fifteen hundred fans. It's just—it's a strange situation, and I think the players are getting accustomed to it too. So that will probably even out as we go forward. But in a way, I kind of like that because you know me, like we did high school football. I made you go down on the field. I like—I <laughs> like my space. You like the separation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, this keeps going for a while. Not the COVID part, of course. <laughs> All right, Alema, I know you love a good NBA highlight, and that's why we have a new feature here on Talking Jazz every week this year. It's the top five plays of the week, as compiled by the incomparable producer, Maddie Coma. Let her rip. Devontae, catch and shoot. Offensive rebound, LaMelo. LaMelo ball! <laughs> oh, what a wondrous quarter! For the Charlotte Hornets down in Dallas, Texas. Doing work through 12 minutes. All smiles on that bench as the Hornets have themselves a seven-point stiff arm on the locals. Irving, 18 tonight on 6 of 21 from the field. Slam down off the window. John Collins put it on the highlight reel. Trey Young off the backboard. John Collins looked like his head was about to hit the camera. 
all together, and, and, and Kyle doing an outstanding job of just communicating with everybody. Oh, oh Stanley! Oh, 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 where did he come from? He flew in. Right, check this play out, Stanley. Nobody thinking about him and throwing it down. Look at that. Kelvin's not a lightweight. Oh, he found Harold. Blocked by Eubanks. How about that? DeRozan the other way, almost without the ball. Well, here it is. Great pass from LeBron. Better defense from Drew Eubanks, and you're off in the open court. And DeMar DeRozan putting yet another defender on his highlight reel. That was big G play, DeMar DeRozan. It started with the block from Drew Eubanks in the open court. DeMar DeRozan, it looked like he had fumbled the ball there for a second. Rudy's out of his chair just trying to stay loose. Now he sits back down. Donovan. I don't know, maybe that's like hooking up a battery tee. Right Three here. shots. Nice back cut. Nick Batum right here. Getting in the latest Donovan Mitchell poster. Not once, not twice. So good, you got to see it three times, Bowler. I tell you, Lemoth, it's just so <laughs> great that the NBA's back. But, I mean, you, you can't see enough of Spider Mitchell flushes, in my opinion. That one was yeah. sensational. We haven't seen powerful dunks like that since the mailman Carmelo. Yeah. And I love the way yeah. that the Clippers all were all looking around at each other like, like, <laughs> like what? Is somebody going to defend? Like, that, that, whose fault was that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad the NBA's got this figured out for now. We shall see. Uh, the Jazz, fortunately, have, have, have been fine. There have been a few other teams that have had to deal mm -hmm. with some stuff. But uh, does that surprise you at all? I mean, it's, it's, I hate to even say this, but it's been kind of smooth. Well, I, I think that, 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 you know, for us being around the team, we're, we're conscious and aware of how um, strict the protocols are. And even and when you're at the arena, the different levels that you're allowed to be on to yeah. try to, you know, the parts where the players are completely restricted. So it doesn't surprise me that the Jazz have been smooth. A little surprised that the Clippers had the issue that they had while yeah, they were here. Sure. Um, but, but I think that that's going to happen at different places. Uh, at the same time, um, and so it probably will at some point happen with with the Jazz. But no doubt. The, our two star players have already been, you know, had so, yeah. so you know we're gonna we're we're gonna be okay as far as those guys are concerned. At yeah, least as far as there. you know. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Alema has his own level, so don't try to get near him. All right, <laughs> back with a final thought, and we'll look ahead as these uh, road trip continues. Things are getting a little tougher. All right, wrapping up this week's Talking Jazz with Jazz host Alem Harrington. Alema, this road trip doesn't get any easier. The Nets, uh, Knicks, Bucks, how about that, and the and the Pistons, among others. What do you see in this? Well, I, I think, you know, coming up next is going to be the Nets, and, and obviously you got Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. That's going to be a big deal. Uh, you get excited for that. And then Anna Lacumbo, but, you know, you still you look at the records. Still, neither of those teams, in spite of the fact that they're good, have, haven't put together good records. But for the Jazz, I think you're just excited to be on the road and yep. have an opportunity to play some good teams. Don't forget Ana Zacumpo paired with the former Aggie, of course, Sam Merrill. That duo is yeah. unstoppable. So, <laughs> good for Sam, though, seriously. I'll yeah. love it. Thank you so much, my friend. It's always good to see you. The uh, Scruff's looking good. Happy yeah. New Year to you. And keep, uh, keep on going. You guys are doing great with your broadcast there out at Vivid. 
All right, Fox, thank you very much. Yeah, and I always love being on this show, so you can yep. call me anytime. Yeah, I will. And let me know that, hey, Alema, it's your turn to do Again. Talking Jazz, <laughs> and I'll be there. Alema Harrington, <laughs> that wraps up this week's edition of Talking Jazz. Jazz continuing on the road next up, the Nets. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time on Talking Jazz.